Hello friends. Today's food for thought is on spiritual progress. This is part three of six based on my book, Nearer My God to Thee, Practical Ideas for Spiritual Progress. Each part explores one area of ideas to grow in your faith. The focus in this episode is pursuing holiness. So what is holiness? It's doing God's will in every circumstance, in every moment of the day, in every relationship, in every task. So here are eight ways to grow in holiness. Number one is to repent. It's the message of John the Baptist. It's what Jesus said when he, when he healed people. He said, go and sin no more. It's what we hear from the apostles. Repent and be baptized. I can grow in holiness when I leave behind the sins that draw me away from God. But first, I have to recognize those sins. Some sins are easy to spot. Murder, theft, adultery, betrayal, lies. Sometimes, however, we're blinded to our sins. We call sin not sin. For example, abortion is murder of a human person. Many Christians are blind to that fact and give excuses why that's not a sin. It doesn't change the facts. Murder is murder. So we repent of our sins and we ask God to reveal the sins we don't yet see. A second way to grow in holiness is through detachment. St. Ignatius of Loyola taught that we should not desire health more than illness, riches more than poverty, to be held in honor or dishonor, a long life more than a short life. In other words, we desire only what God wills for us. We're detached from the things of this world and hold fast to those of heaven. We let go of our own wants and preferences, especially when letting go of that benefits other people. A third way to grow in holiness is to reject Satan. We're in a spiritual battle and the enemy is very cunning. Peter was chastised by Jesus when he rejected the idea of Jesus being put to death. God forbid, he said. And Jesus responded, Get behind me, Satan. That was harsh. Peter was trying to dissuade Jesus from fulfilling his purpose. Satan tried to work through Peter, one of those closest to Jesus. And he does that in our lives as well. He can work through our family, our trusted friends, these people who want the best for us. But in their compassion, they don't always call us to holiness. They may tell us we don't need to worry about a particular fault or that fasting isn't necessary or that we should keep silent about our faith or go against a conviction because we love them. And if we really love them, we would do that. If someone tells us to put a damper on our faith, they're doing the work of Satan, even though they don't realize it. Learn to recognize the spirit in the voice of the enemy and reject it. Number four, we grow in holiness when we have good examples. Some of the best examples of holiness are the saints. Have you heard of St. Augustine? He lived a pretty wild life before being transformed by God. How about St. Catherine of Siena? She was only 30 years old when she convinced the Pope at the time to return to Rome. She was bold. St. Maximilian Kolbe was killed at Auschwitz when he took the place of another man who was condemned to die. St. John Paul II fought the communists in Poland as a priest and a bishop and then worked to end communism as Pope. Of course, the greatest saint of all is the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
She said yes to God and trusted completely in him. She carried Jesus in her womb, and she always points people to her son. The saints inspire us to follow a path of holiness. There is a saint whose story is similar to yours. I promise you that. Idea number five is to suffer well. We live at a time when suffering is avoided at all costs. We look for pills or anything to avoid suffering, even resorting to suicide. Suffering well means we take necessary means to end the suffering, but while we have it, we offer it to God. We unite our suffering with that of Jesus on the cross. Paul wrote in Colossians 1.24, Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Well, what could possibly be missing? It's us. It's us. Number six is to pursue docility. That sounds like a bad thing. Most would not describe me as a docile person. But the classic definition of docility is openness to being taught. Are you open to being taught? When you hear something you disagree with, can you engage in discussion? Can you find the truth in it? Are you able to change your mind? I changed my mind about abortion. I'm now pro-life, but I wasn't always. The arguments against abortion are really good. Have you listened to them? The arguments for God are really good, but some people have closed their minds. What have you closed your mind to that God may want to teach you? Idea seven is to embrace silence. We live in a noisy world. One thing I love about going to a Catholic church is the silence. The world is outside and I am in the Lord's house. I can sit with him, pray, listen, experience his presence. We grow in holiness when we're able to shut out the noise of the world, whether that's TV or news or politics or silly conversations, even secular music. Those are things that can affect our faith, our hope, and our love. Holiness flourishes with more silence in our lives. The final idea is called memento mori, which means remember your death. This is my favorite chapter in the book I wrote. And here's how that chapter starts. My father is dying. Yes, I know that we are all dying, but he is in the final stages of cancer. When he received the most recent diagnosis that the cancer would progress if he didn't have treatment, he declined, preferring quality of life over length of life. He then began to finish things, writing a book, making podcasts on addiction and spiritual matters, meeting with people who asked for direction, and receiving family visitors. He even planned his funeral and celebrated what was expected to be his last Mass as a deacon. It seemed that death was imminent. Then he got better. He still has cancer, but you wouldn't know it. At the same time, he's living as if each day is his last. He is living memento mori. Remember your death. Now, since I wrote that, my father has passed away. But during that end, that last year, he really lived in preparation for his death. And we can grow in holiness when we realize that we're here for just a short time. We no longer want to put off loving and serving God. We look for all the ways we can be ready for the Lord's return. We let go of the things of this world and we look to heaven. We begin to desire a holy death and we look forward to seeing God face to face. 
I've given you eight ideas to ponder about pursuing holiness. Here are two questions to help you bring this into your spiritual life. Question number one, do I desire holiness? Do I think it's possible for me? It's a good question to take into your prayer time. Do you really want it? Question number two, where is the enemy most likely to attack me in my pursuit of holiness? And I can promise you he's going to attack you. So where is that going to be? And how can I resist his attacks? We don't have to say yes to the enemy. We can say no. So if you recognize where your weaknesses are, then you can shore up that weak part of your soul and be ready to fight that battle. That's all our food for today. There's more information about each of these ideas in my book, Nearer My God to Thee, available on Amazon.com. Watch for part four of this series. It covers the sacraments. Thank you for listening. May God bless you in just the way you need today.